Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, let's get this f***ing show f***ing started. This is the Wikipedia page for Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. <laughs> All right. This Wikipedia page is obviously one that is near and dear to our hearts. Happy April Fools, everybody. This is the Wikipedia page. Is an obscene English language word. It often refers to the act of sexual intercourse, but is also commonly used as an intensifier or to convey disdain. While its origin is obscure, it is usually considered to be first attested to around 1475 CE. In modern usage, the term and its derivatives, such as and are used as a noun, a verb, an adjective, an interjection, or an adverb. There are many common phrases that employ the word as well as compounds that incorporate it, such as mother wit, up, nut, and off. <laughs> this is, we should, they could have the unedited version of this in our Patreon. Yep. <laughs> is considered offensive and vulgar. What? (laughs) In the United States, is often removed from music broadcast over radio. However, the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that usage of 
work is protected under the First and Fourteenth Amendments. Instances of public figures, such as politicians using often gain significant attention. Offensiveness. It is unclear whether the word has always been considered vulgar or, if not, when it first came to be used to describe often in an extremely angry, hostile, or belligerent manner, unpleasant circumstances or people in an intentionally offensive way, such as in the term mother one of its more common usages in some parts of the English-speaking world. Some English-speaking countries censor it on television and radio. Andrea Millwood Hargrave's 2000 study of the attitudes of the British public found that was considered the third most severe profanity, and its derivative, mother second, was considered the most severe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for throwing that in. <laughs> Nevertheless, the word has become increasingly less vulgar and more publicly acceptable. An example of the disfemism treadmill, wherein former vulgarities become inoffensive and commonplace. Because of its increasing usage in the public forum, in 2005, the word was included for the first time as one of the three vulgarities in the Canadian press's Canadian Press Caps and Spelling Guide. Journalists were advised to refrain from censoring the word but use it sparingly and only when its inclusion was essential to the story. According to linguist Pamela Hobbs, quote, notwithstanding its increasing public use, enduring cultural models that inform our beliefs about the nature of sexuality and sexual acts preserve its status as a vile utterance that continues to inspire moral outrage, end quote. Hobbes considers users rather than usage of the word and subdivides users into non-users for whom, quote, the word belongs to a set of taboo words, the very utterance of which constitutes an affront and any use of the word, regardless of its form, verb, adjective, adverb, etc., or meaning, literal or metaphorical, evokes the core sexual meanings and associated sexual imagery that motivates the taboo, end quote. And users for whom metaphorical uses of the word no more evoke images of sexual intercourse than a 10-year-old's my mom will kill me if she finds out evokes images of murder so that the, quote, criteria of taboo are missing. Etymology. Germanic cognates. The Oxford English Dictionary states that the ultimate etymology is uncertain, but that the word is probably cognate, with a number of Germanic words with meanings involving striking, rubbing, and having sex, or is derivative of the old French word that meant to have sex. Sex. The word has probable cognates in other Germanic languages, such as German, ficken, to f Dutch, foken, to breed, to beget. Afrikaans, folk, to f Icelandic, <laughs> to mess around, to rush. Dialectical Norwegian, to copulate. And dialectal Swedish, foka, to strike, to copulate. And penis. F-O-C-K, right? Anyway, whatever. I don't speak Swedish. This points to a 
possible etymology where common Germanic in from the verb root fug to blow comes from an Indo-European root puke or pug to strike cognate with non-Germanic words such as Latin pugno, pugno, I fight, or pugnus, fist. By application of Grimm's law, the hypothetical root also has the pre-Germanic form pugna to blow, which is the etymon of, amongst others, Dutch folk zale for sale. There is a theory that is most likely derived from German or Dutch roots and is probably not derived from an old English root. False etymologies. One reason that the word is so hard to trace etymologically is that it was used far more extensively in common speech than in easily traceable written forms. There are multiple urban legends that advance false etymologies declaring the word to be an acronym. One of these urban legends is that the word came from Irish law. If a couple was caught committing adultery, the two would be punished for unlawful carnal knowledge in the nude with written on the stocks above to denote the crime. A variant misconception alleges church clerks to have recorded the crime of forbidden use of carnal knowledge. Another is that a royal permission granted in the Middle Ages the Black Death and the scarcity of uncontaminated resources drove towns to control both human interactions and population growth. Supposedly, Many towns required permission to intermingle or to make babies. Hence, no couple could do either without royal permission, usually from a local magistrate or lord, which required placing a sign visible from the road that said, fornicating under consent of king, which was later shortened to (laughs) This story is hard to document has persisted in oral and literary traditions for many years, but has been proven false. Having to ask permission to f- that's pretty kinky. A false etymology first made popular on the radio show Car Talk says that the phrase f- you derives from pluck you in connection with a misconception regarding the origins of the V sign. This misconception states that English archers believed that those who were captured by the French had their index and middle fingers cut off so that they could no longer operate their longbows, and that the V sign was used by uncaptured and victorious archers in a display of defiance against the French. The addition of the phrase to the misconception came when it was claimed that the English yelled that they could still pluck you. You would being the preferred material for longbows at the time. A phrase that evolved into the modern you. In any event, the word has been in use far too long for some of these supposed origins to be possible, since no such acronym was ever recorded before the 1960s, according to the lexicographical work, the F word. Such claims create, at best, a so-called backronym. Grammar. In terms of its parts of speech, has a very flexible role in English grammar, functioning as both a transitive and intransitive verb, and as an adjective, adverb, noun, and interjection. 
Although the word itself is used in its literal sense to refer to sexual intercourse, its most common usage is figurative to indicate the speaker's strong sentiment and to offend or shock the listener. Linguist Jeffrey Hughes found eight distinct usages for English curse words, and f**k can apply to each. For example, it fits in the curse sense, f**k you, as well as the personal sense, you f**k In the Oxford English Dictionary, more than a hundred different usages and collocations like f**k around, f**k with S-O, f**k you, f**k me, f**k it, are identified for f**k. Its derived forms like f**k, 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 ability, and compounds with e.g. best face. I know you really enjoyed reading that whole paragraph. <laughs> I did. I really did. Early usage. In 2015, Dr. Paul Booth argued he had found possibly the earliest known use of the word that clearly has a sexual connotation in english court records of 1310 to 11 a man local to chester is referred to as roger by the novel probably a nickname either this refers to an inexperienced copulator referring to someone trying to have sex with the navel or it's a rather extravagant explanation for a dimwit. Someone so stupid, they think that this is the way to have sex, says Booth. An earlier name, that of John Le recorded in 1278, has been the subject of debate, but is thought by many philologists to have had some separate and non-sexual origin. Otherwise, the usually accepted first known occurrence of the word is found in code in a poem in a mixture of Latin and English composed in the 15th century. The poem, which satirizes the Carmelite friars of Cambridge, England, take its title, Flen Fliss, from the first words of its opening line, Flen Fliss and Fruris, Fleas, Flies, and Friars. The line that contains reads, Non sunt in coli quia gix dibov ix kix pig if mick. Deciphering the phrase gixt gixt boo ex kixt pig if mick. I want everybody out there to know that Rachel is not having a stroke. <laughs> What's happening is the phrases say it says it's it's g, this is a word. G-X-D-D-B-O-U. That's one word. And okay. then yep. there's another word. Here's another word. X-X-K-X-Z-T. So I don't know what's happening on this page if this is if this is correct. Actually, I'm gonna Google this and see if these are real words. Hold on, let me Google and see what happens. Uh yeah, it's real. Oh. It's real. It's real and it comes. Okay, I mean, yeah, it's, Latin. It's, it's real. It's, it's it's this crazy poem. I guess it must have been a nonsense po- nonsense poem, like the Jabberwocky, maybe. Who knows? Anyway, keep oh. keep. Uh... Hereby replacing each letter by the previous letter in alphabetical order, as the English alphabet was then yields the macaronic non sunt in coli quia f- <laughs> vivis of Healy, which translated means. They are not in heaven because they f- the women of Eli. Very nice. 
The phrase was probably encoded because it accused monks of breaking their vows of celibacy. It is uncertain to what extent the word was considered acceptable at the time. The stem of is an English word used as Latin. In the Middle English of this poem, the term wife was still used generically for woman. William Dunbar's 1503 poem, Brash of Vowing, includes the lines, Yit be his fairest, he walled how Ye breaks my heart, my bony ain. 2, 13-14. The oldest occurrence of the word in adjectival form, which implies use of the verb in English, comes from the margins of a 1528 manuscript copy of Cicero's De Officis. A monk had scrawled in the margin notes, Abbot. <laughs> Whether the monk meant the word literally to accuse this abbot of questionable monastic morals, or whether he used it as an intensifier to convey his extreme dismay, is unclear. John Florio's 1598 Italian-English Dictionary of Words included the term along with several now-archaic but then-vulgar synonyms in this definition. To jape, to sard, to to swive, to occupy. Of these, occupy and jape still survive as verbs, though with less profane meanings, while sard was a descendant of the Anglo-Saxon verb sordon or sordon on sora to copulate, and swive had derived from earlier swifen to resolve, i.e. to swivel, compare modern-day screw. As late as the 18th century, the verb occupy was seldom used in print because it carried sexual overtones. A 1790 poem by St. George Tucker has a father upset with his bookish son say, I'd not give a f- for all you've read. Originally printed as I'd not give dash 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 for all you've read, scholars agree that the words a f- were removed, making the poem the first recorded instance of the now common phrase I don't give a f- Farmer and Henley's 1893 Dictionary of Slang notes both the adverbial and adjectival forms of as similar to but more violent than bloody and indicating extreme insult, respectively. I really want to get my hands on this 1893 Dictionary of Slang. I bet you could just Google it and have it instantly. Probably. Right. So congratulations. Modern usage. The modern usage and flexibility of was established by the mid to late 19th century and it has been fairly stable since. Most literally to is to have sex, but it is also used as a more general expletive or intensifier. Insertion of the trochaic word can also be used as an exercise for diagnosing the cadence of an English language word. This is the use of or more specifically as an infix or more properly a amesis see expletive in fixation for example the word in incredible sounds acceptable to the english ear and is in fairly common use while incredible would sound very clumsy 
though depending on the context, this might be perceived as a humorous improvisation of the word. Absolutely and mother are also common uses of as an affix. While neither dysphemistic nor connected to the sexual connotations of the word, even the vacuous usages of, are considered offensive and gratuitous, such as this is awesome has colloquial usage as a verb, adverb, adjective, conjunction, interjection, noun, and pronoun. The word is a component of many acronyms, some of which, like snafu, situation normal, all up, and foobar, up beyond all recognition, date as far back as World War II. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know that's what they stood for, no. Oh, yeah. Foobar, up beyond all recognition. MILF, mother I'd like to and variations of the first letter are widely seen in pornographic context. Many more recent coinages, such as the shorthand WTF for what the f***, STFU for shut the f*** up, or FNL for my life, have been widely extant on the internet and may count as examples of internet memes. Many acronyms will also have an F or MF added to increase emphasis. For example, OMG, oh my God, becomes OMFG, oh my f***ing God. Abbreviations including can be considered less offensive than itself. Although the word is proclaimed vulgar, several comedians rely on for comedic routines. George Carlin created several literary works based upon the word, including his routine, Seven Dirty Words. Here's a fun fact. Rob Peravonian, our current events host and editor, opened for George Carlin on one of his last tours. Really? That's so cool. Yeah. Rob, you rock. Doesn't he? He does. Examples of more recent usage. In 1928, English writer D.H. Lawrence's novel Lady Chatterley's Lover gained notoriety for its frequent use of the words and The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger featured the use of you in print. First published in the United States in 1951, the novel remains controversial to this day due in part to its use of the word, standing at number 13 for the most banned books from 1990 to 2000, according to the American Library Association. I pretended to read this entire book and somehow still passed English. The first documented use of the word on live British television has been attributed to theater critic Kenneth Tymon in 1965, though it has been claimed Irish playwright Brendan Behan used the word on Panorama in 1956, or the man who painted the railing on Strandmill's embankment alongside the River Lagan in Belfast, who in 1959 told Ulster's TV's Tea Time magazine program roundabout that his job was f***ing boring. The Bill Grundy incident was a controversy that ensued in 1976 when Today host Bill Grundy interviewed the Sex Pistols after guitarist Steve Jones called Grundy a dirty f***er and a f***ing rotter. Punks. 
The word began to break into cinema when it was uttered once in the film Vapor, 1963, and in two Andy Warhol films, Poor Little Rich Girl, 1965, and My Hustler, 1965, and later in each of two 1967 British releases, Ulysses, and I'll Never Forget What's His Name. It was used several times in the 1969 British film Bronco Bullfrog. According to director Robert Altman, the first time the word was used in a major American studio film was in 1970's MASH, spoken by Painless during the football match at the end of the film. Use in politics is not widely used in politics, and the use of the word by politicians often produces controversy. Some events include... In 1965, U.S. President Lyndon B. Johnson said to the Greek ambassador Alexandros Matsas when he objected to American plans in Cyprus, quote, your parliament and your constitution, America is an elephant. Cyprus is a flea. Greece is a flea. If these two fellows continue itching the elephant, they may just get whacked by the elephant's trunk. Whacked good. Wow. That sounds like a threat. (laughs) Former British Secretary of State for Defense, Dennis Healy, reported that the penultimate High Commissioner of Aden, 1965 to 1967, Sir Richard Turbull, stated that... Empire finally sinks beneath the waves of history, it will leave behind it only two memorials. One is the game of association football, and the other is the expression off. During debate in February 1971 in the House of Commons of Canada, Canadian Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau mouthed the words off at Conservative MP John Lundrigan, while Lundrigan made some comments about unemployment. Afterward, when asked by a television reporter what he had been thinking, Trudeau famously replied, quote, What is the nature of your thoughts, gentlemen, when you say fuddle-duddle or something like that? Fuddle-duddle consequently became a catchphrase in Canadian media associated with Trudeau. The first accepted modern use in the British House of Commons came in 1982 when Reg Race, Labour MP for Wood Green, referred to adverts placed in local news agents by prostitutes, which read, Phone them and f*** them. Hansard, the full record of debates printed F asterisk 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 them, but even this euphemism was deprecated by the speaker, George Thomas. During the George W. Bush presidency, a a vehicular bumper sticker with the words Buck Fush, a spoonerism of Bush, gained some popularity in the U.S. In June 2004, U.S. Vice President Dick Cheney told Democratic Senator Patrick Lee, Go yourself. Coincidentally, Cheney's outburst occurred on the same day that the Defense of Decency Act was passed in the Senate. In February 2006, Premier of the Australian state of New South Wales, Maurice Lemma, while awaiting the start of a Council of Australian Governments media conference in Canberra, was chatting to Victorian Premier Steve Brax. 
not realizing microphones were recording, he said, today, this who's the new CEO of the Cross City Tunnel has been saying, what controversy? There is no controversy. The exchange referred to the newly appointed CEO of the recently opened Cross City Tunnel Toll Road within Sydney. In 2007, U.S. Senator John Cornyn objected to John McCain's perceived intrusion upon a Senate meeting on immigration, saying, Wait a second here. I've been sitting in here for all these negotiations, and you just parachute in here on the last day? You're out of line! McCain replied, you. I know more about this than anyone else in the room. In April 2007... New Zealand Education Minister Steve Mahari said you to a fellow MP during parliamentary question time. He apologized shortly afterwards. In December 2008, recorded telephone conversations revealed Illinois Governor Rob Blagojevich. How do you say his last name? Blagojevich. I think. Yeah, I think so. Trying to sell an appointment to the Senate seat that Barack Obama resigned after being elected president. In the phone conversation, Bogojevic said in reference to his power to appoint a new senator, I've got this thing and it's f***ing golden and I'm just not giving it up for f***ing nothing. In the recorded conversations, Bogojevic also referred to Obama as a mother and repeatedly said F- him when speaking of the Obama administration's request that Valerie Jarrett be appointed as Obama's replacement. Blagojevich complained, they're not willing to give me anything except appreciation. F- them. Blagojevich also said Tribune company ownership should be told to fire those f- in reference to Chicago Tribune editors critical of him. In December 2009, in Dail Arian, the lower house of the Irish Parliament, Paul Gogarty responded to heckles from Emmett Stagg with the outburst, with all due respect in the most unparliamentary language, f- you, Deputy Stagg, f- you. Gogarty immediately withdrew the remarks and later made a personal statement of apology. Reporting of the outburst quickly spread by media and the internet. A subcommittee of the Dahl's Standing Committee on Procedure and Privilege produced a 28-page report on the incident. 28 pages! Jesus Christ. On March 23, 2010, U.S. Vice President Joe Biden whispered into President Barack Obama's ear... This is a big deal. When referring to the U.S. health care reform bill, his words were picked up by microphones and video. On May 3rd, 2010, Canadian Senator Nancy Ruth advised representatives of women's groups to, quote, shut the up on access to abortion in the run up to the 36th G8 summit. In late 2012, The then U.S. House Speaker John Boner was visiting the White House when he saw then-Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid in the lobby. Boner was under great stress about the impending fiscal cliff. 
and Reed had also accused him of running a dictatorship in the house. Isn't it Boehner? Is it Boehner or Boner? I'm pretty sure it's Boehner. Is it Boehner? John Boehner or John Boner? <laughs> I think it's I'm Boehner. calling him Boner. Boner saw Harry Reed pointed his finger at him and told him, Go f- yourself! Reed replied by saying, What are you talking about? Boner then repeated what he had told him and left. <laughs> In late 2016, Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte reacted to the European Parliament's criticism over the prevalence of unsolved extrajudicial killings incurred in his war on drugs, which he lashed out at EU politicians, singling out those from Britain and France, calling them hypocrites and accusing them of being responsible for the deaths of thousands caused by their ancestors during the colonial period. Upon making an obscene hand gesture, Duterte stated that he told EU politicians, quote, when I read the EU condemnation, I told them, you, you are only doing it to atone for your own sins. And they do not want to save Philippines. They want it to be ruled by criminals. Oh, well, I'm sorry. This is your idiotic view. Duterte also said in response to growing international criticism, the EU now all has the gall to condemn me. I repeat it. you. <laughs> Good acting. On June 10th, 2018, Robert De Niro sparked controversy during the 72nd Tony Awards as he cursed U.S. President Donald Trump with the word during the live broadcast. He started with the sentence, I'm going to say one thing, Trump. That's a very bad De Niro impression, but you get the idea. He clenched his two fists in the air and ended his remarks by saying, It's no longer down with Trump, it's Trump. He received a standing ovation from the audience, which was mostly celebrities. On August 5th, 2019, Beto O'Rourke, after learning of a mass shooting in his hometown of El Paso, Texas, stated, he's been calling Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals. I don't know, like members of the press. What the referring to Donald Trump when asked for his reaction to the shooting. During a virtual live telecast Senate hearing on August 21st, 2020, Senator Tom Carper shouted over a video chat that was being broadcast nationwide. During his October 9th, 2020 appearance on the Rush Limbaugh show, U.S. President Donald Trump stated in a threat to Iran, if you around with us, If you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. (laughs) In 2021, Let's Go Brandon became a political slogan and internet meme used as a euphemism for Joe Biden, the president of the United States. That shit is still so stupid to me. Use in marketing. In April 1997, clothing retailer French Connection began branding their clothes with usually written in lowercase, spelled F-C-U-K, stating it was an acronym for French Connection United Kingdom. Its similarity to the word caused controversy. 
French Connection produced a range of T-shirts with messages such as "FCUK this," "Hot as FCUK," "Cool as FCUK," "FCUK fashion," etc. In 2009, the European Union's OHIM trademarks agency disallowed a German brewery to market a beer called <laughs> Hell. They sued, and on March 26, 2010, got permission to market the beer. The company argued it is actually named after the Austrian village of <laughs> and the German term for light beer, Hell, which is simply the word for light-colored. Iancu versus Brunetti is a United States Supreme Court case in which the owner of the clothing brand F.U.C.T., supposedly standing for "Friends You Can't Trust," sued the Patent and Trademark Office, which refused to trademark the name for being scandalous under the Lanham Act. The Supreme Court ruled in 2019 that a provision in 15 U.S.C. Of the act denying registration to any trademark seen as consisting of immoral or scandalous matter was an unconstitutional restriction of applicants' freedom of speech. Band names: the word has been used in a number of band names, such as Up, generally based on common compounds. Many of these bands fall into the genres of punk and metal, while some fall in. To the categories of electronic rock and pop, such as holy f bomb. The phrase "dropping an f bomb" usually refers to the unanticipated use of the word in an unexpected setting, such as public media. A play on the nickname for the hydrogen bomb, the H bomb, and the shock value that using the word in discourse carries. The term was first reported in a newspaper, Newsday, in 1988, when Hall of Fame baseball catcher Gary Carter used it. In 2012, it was listed for the first time in the mainstream Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary. Censorship. In the United States, the word is frequently edited out of music and films when broadcast on TV, such as in the film The Big Lebowski. When John Goodman's character repeatedly yells, "This is what happens when you a stranger in the," it was censored on television as, "This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps." <laughs> Still, in 1971, the U.S. Supreme Court decided that the public display of is protected under the First and Fourteenth Amendments and cannot be made a criminal offense. In 1968, Paul Robert Cohen had been convicted of disturbing the peace for wearing a jacket with the slogan "The Draft" in a reference to conscription in the Vietnam War. The conviction was upheld by the Court of Appeals and overturned by the Supreme Court in Cohen v. California. Common alternatives. In conversation or writing, reference to or use of the word may be replaced by any of many alternative words or phrases, including the F word or the F bomb, a play on A bomb and H bomb, or simply E F F or F, as in "What the F?" or "You effing fool." Also, there are many commonly used substitutes such as flipping, frigging. Freaking, freaking, feck, fudge, flaming, forget, 
or any of a number of similar sounding nonsense words. In print, there are alternatives such as F asterisk 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 F M dash K, etc., or a string of non alphanumeric characters, for example, at dollar sign octothorpe asterisk percent exclamation point and similar especially favored in comic books a replacement word used mainly on the internet is fsck derived from the name of the unix file system checking utility that was a long page but worth it happy april fool's day yes everybody this has been the wikipedia page for thanks for listening to wikilisten you can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media at wikilisten except for twitter which is at wiki underscore listen if you like us to read a page please tell us and we will do it even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.